0: You have something special, you have greatness in you. I've heard it said that there's some things you can't see looking forward, but you can only see looking backwards. I've been known for speaking and changing people's lives all around the world, using my voice and the ability to tell a story in all types of situations. I often talk about the fact that I'm here because of two women one gave me life that's a person that I had never seen and one gave me love that's the person here holding me and my twin brother this is Mamie Brown God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother and I had no idea being raised in poverty we were poor but We didn't know we were poor. And something in me, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I remember one day when I went to an event and I saw Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speak in Miami. And I went to see Malcolm X. And I was so moved by their oratorical skills, I said, I want to do that. I was so impressed with Malcolm X that I went to school the next day and said that my name was Leslie X. The teacher called my mother, this is Mamie Brown, and that was the end of that. (laughs) She beat that X out of me. (laughs) But I used my voice as a radio personality and there was something just kept driving me. I organized demonstrations in Columbus, Ohio and led demonstrations against police deadly use of force and police brutality that ultimately led to my getting fired in the 70s and led groups of over 5,000 in the morning in the snow. I became Elected to the Ohio legislature. I was elected three terms. A chairman of the Education Committee and Human Resource Committee passed 14 bills my first term using my voice. I resigned when my adopted mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and fulfilled my promise that she would never go into a nursing home, and I came back home to take care of her using my voice. I became a community activist in Miami, Florida, and once again, fighting against things that were maintaining our detriment using my voice. I developed a reputation and was invited to speak at Harvard University. I became a compelling speaker and known for telling stories and selected by the National Speakers Association and given their highest award, the CPAE award counseled peers of excellence using my voice. I received the highest award from Toastmasters International, the Golden Gavel Award. I was selected among the top five speakers in the world, General Norman Schwarzkopf, Leah Okoka, Robert Schuler, Paul Harvey, and myself. I often wondered, where did I get this from? I said some things nature and some things nurture. I was paid $5 million to do a talk show, The Les Brown Show. I had no idea where did this gift come from. I I often thought, did I get it from my father or uh, did I get it from my mother? I've spoken on platforms with Richard Branson in South Africa, Robert Kiyosaki, and other top speakers from around the world. And my oldest son went on a search, unbeknownst to me, and through some research, found my birth parents and discovered that my grandmother, Beulah Rucker, who was a motivational speaker and educator, and she started a school. She taught herself to read and listen. Articles said she was hungry to learn so hungry she taught herself the alphabet and and how to read with newspaper that was used to insulate the walls of the cabin that she stayed in to keep the cold winter air out and she went to a school and and the day that she had to register she had no money and she stood before the head of the school and held out both her hands and when he asked, where's your money? And she said, these hands can work. And he sent her down the line. And she came back being persistent because she was hungry to learn and said once again, these hands can work. And he looked at her and I'm sure there was something in his mind that said, she is not going to be denied. And he let her in the school and she worked for him and other instructors at the school and she graduated with honors and went back to Gainesville, Georgia and taught veterans and and people in the community, adults and children how to read and taught them how to teach others how to read and taught them how to be hungry to learn. See, this thing called life, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you but if you're willing to learn no one can stop you and they develop all types of skills that will allow them to become entrepreneurs and control their own future my grandmother and that which was in her she obviously passed it on to my mother Dorothy Bell and my mother she was a motivational speaker like her mother and she traveled all over Georgia and the country speaking and she played the piano and she sang and she had a bubbly personality and she loved helping people. I wondered where I got this gift from and now I know. And so my oldest son, unbeknownst to me, went on a search for his grandparents and He found them, pictures of them. And I talked to a brother that I did not know I had and went to the Beulah Rucker Museum, my grandmother. I called him and I said, Dorothy Bell is my mother. And he said, well, that's my mother too. So that makes us brothers. And I went there to visit him and I got to the museum first. That all I could say to myself was I found them and now I know why I am who I am where I came from and where I got my voice from oh I feel like mother Teresa who said just when I thought I got a handle on oh life the handle broke this discovery Open up a whole new world for me, to God be the glory. Shot, ladies and gentlemen, from Liberty City, an abandoned building on a floor, never knowing my mother or father. It's a long shot being here with you today in this dome in Atlanta. It's a long shot. No college training, labeled educable, mentally retarded, but I kept running toward my dream. Don't stop. stop don't stop running toward your dream
1: I wanted to introduce and welcome to Discover Your Potential. I'm your host, Dan Gilman, and we have a very, an amazing, very special show today. Uh, before I introduce this extraordinary, brilliant guest, a legend, my, mother's, my mother always read a quote before doing so, and so I thought it would be apropos to do so today. Benjamin E. Mays stated, It must be born in mind. That the tragedy of life doesn't lie in not reaching your goal the tragedy lies in having no goal to reach it isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled but it is a calamity not to dream it is not disaster a disaster to be unable to capture your ideal but it is a disaster to have no ideal to capture and it is not a disgrace not to reach the stars but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for not failure but low aim is sin without delay i wanted to welcome the one and only mr les brown hello how are you i'm I'm doing well <laughs> thank you how are you i don't know I'm why there was a delay enjoying there. You.
0: oh that's all right it's <laughs> no kind of problem. Love technology we are unstoppable.
1: Yes, yes. And I just want to say that for those of you who don't know Mr. Les Brown, but I'm sure they do, everyone knows Mr. Les Brown, he's known as one of the greatest motivational speakers of all time. And he has spoken to well over 80,000 in, in various uh, crowds, and he's also an author, television personality, radio host, and past politician. So it is an honor and a privilege to welcome you on my mother's show. And Mm -hmm. I I remember when I was 11 or 12 years old and I started listening to you.
0: And now I'm 77 and you're still listening to me and I'm listening to you. What a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) That,
1: That is true. That is true. You've made some significant life changes and awarenesses actually recently that happened this past year, you found out about your birth mother, which is extraordinary. Yes. And and how did that moment when you found out change your life? And can you tell us about her?
0: It, one of the things, first of all, I want to just say thank you for who you are and what you are doing and continuing your mother's legacy as I'm doing with mine. And and so it's it's such an honor to be here with you and to be able to spend a few moments with you but when i saw the pictures just imagine wanting something for 77 years somebody said be careful what you ask for because you just might get it <laughs> <laughs> and my my oldest son went on a search and and found pictures and and located our birth family my twin brother and i and and so when i laid eyes on my birth mother i just said whoa to to deny me as as one of my business partners, uh, Jerry would say, would be criminal. <laughs> Look so much alike, and but she was a motivational speaker and an educator. And her mother, Beulah Rucker, uh, she's in. Uh, she's in. They have a a museum in Gainesville, Georgia, in honor of her. She was a motivational speaker, oh. and she's in Wikimedia. And, and so, and so when I look at this thing that I have been doing, speaking, changing people's lives, this has been my what you would call magnificent obsession. That I now see where I got it from. It's it's something that I I call it the can't helps it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something you do that you can't help it. It's just in you, but you have to put in the effort, the time, and the energy to develop it. I believe that we're all born, as you know, with built in greatness. And so we have to decide to put in the effort, to do the work, nothing works unless you work, to develop okay. it, to bring it out. It's not just gonna come out by itself. And so I was just, just shocked so many different things, like I wear red all the time. Well, if people saw the video, there's a red house in there. <laughs> I just said, oh my goodness. So this is where I got this from. And so I've never seen a red house in my life until I saw the house that she built. They said she built it with a saw and a hammer. Mm -hmm. She could not find anybody to help her. And she built the first school for African-Americans because we were not allowed to go to school. Uh, during that time, she's one step, my grandmother, Beulah Rucker, outside of slavery. So it's, it's, it, I'm still processing it. I ask the question, God, what do you want me to do with this? And, and what the answer keep coming back, you got to work harder. You got to bring it up. You got to put in more effort, more energy. Um, I'm in that place, um, Simba, you're more than that which you have become. And Lion King. And so my goal is to live full and to die empty, to rob the cemetery of my talents, abilities, and dreams, and help others to do the same. But that has been the mandate on my life, connecting with my birth parents and my birth parents' family and learning more about them. It has inspired me.
1: That's great. That's great. Uh, Before we talk about your book, uh, You've Got to Be Hungry, The Greatness Within You to Win, Uh, I I would love to talk about your spiritual awareness. And you often say you are a spiritual person and not a religious person. And in your work, it is so spiritual with so many lives that you touch.
0: Thank you. Yes. Religious people are afraid of going to hell. Spiritual people have been there. (laughs) (laughs) And hell to me is what you experience when you die Mm -hmm. and you meet the person that you were supposed to become. You see the work that you were supposed to do. That to me is hell. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking every day and asking, am I on the path? Am I doing the work? Am I fulfilling the calling on my life? A job is what you get paid for. A calling is what you're made for.
1: Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, also, yeah, you have, you have a love and affinity for words, obviously. And in the past, you mentioned that you heard a motivational record by Earl Nightingale. Uh, we become what we think about. And if you want to do something, he said, you don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you are. But I'd love to hear more about that story from you.
0: Well, I worked on Miami Beach with my mother as a kid. And, and this is a time when they had signs on Miami Beach that said, Jews, dogs, and coloreds not allowed. There were literally places on Miami Beach that a black person could not go. Mm. And I worked for this very wealthy guy, Mr. Sadursky, and he listened to Earl Nightingale. We become what we think about. All of us are self-made, but only the successful will admit it. Zig Ziglar, if you give enough people what they want, they'll give you what you want. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, you, you have something special, but you've got to control your thoughts. Don't allow your thoughts to control you. Mm -hmm. Jim Rowan, when the end comes for you, let find you conquer the new mountain, not sliding down an O one, one and these messages unbeknownst to me it was reprogramming and rewiring how i saw myself because when i was in the fifth grade i was identified as emr uh, educable mentally retarded and and put back from the fifth grade to the fourth grade and i failed again in the eighth grade 87 percent of kids who who are put in special education African-American males. And and so that that moment of just discovering those words and how I felt as I listened, as I shined his shoes, caused me to try and go into his office every morning when he was sipping on coffee to clean his office so I could hear the words that he was listening to. I, I learned early on during that time, what you listen to, you turn into. And it had a, just a tremendous impact in my life. And I think that right now, as we look at our lives during and after the pandemic, one of the most important things that we can do is, one, we have to monitor our intake. I'm getting a lot of calls now that are just tragic, just just bad news. There's a song that a play Broadway play, I don't want nobody to bring me no bad news. <laughs> so I just said, you know what? I've got to do what I can do with what I have. And I'm going to let God do what he does because I'm not God. I, I can't handle it all. Ian Levon Sanj, is a speaker and trainer, she said, give to yourself until your cup runneth over, and then give to others from the overflow. And so what I've learned that is as, as we look at, what is it gonna take for us going through this pandemic? Life is full of disruptions and we have to accommodate those disruptions. And the leading process is transforming our thoughts, our thinking and, and the vision that we have for ourselves. As you look at yourself, look at your goals, look at your dreams, what radical change must we make in order to accommodate the disruption, in order to reinvent ourselves, to rise to the occasion, to to be able to control our own personal economy and to master our destiny in this new space where we are?
1: Yeah, no, that, that, it, it, that's interesting because you actually went into the question that I was going to ask you which was um, people are in despair right now they're looking for help and how can we help them because even even a sliver of of help or guidance uh as you mentioned you know you mentioned actually where focus goes energy flows And, and and it's rather interesting but uh there's a lot of people in pain right now who are looking for guidance and help and 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 you know i i I'm sure they appreciate your, your support. So, um,
0: part of what I'm telling people ask for help, not because Mm -hmm. you're weak, but because you want to remain strong and ask for help and don't stop until you get it. All of us have our moments in the garden of Gethsemane. All of us have our moments when life hits you below the belt. I lost two family members uh, during the pandemic and and as i think about my youngest daughter who was who who was diagnosed with covid 19 it was a jarring moment for the family and so part of what i'm suggesting to people number 1 monitor your input nothing can get in except through the eyes and the ears so i when i get up in the morning i read for about 2 to 3 hours something positive or listen to something positive what you tune into you turn into and mm-hmm. so you want to program your mind or you will be programmed by the world be ye not conformed to this world be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that's an active process of monitoring monitoring your intake the other thing that's very important we have to develop an accelerated thirst to learn more it, it was when you think about peter drucker he said In this space where we are, we must be willing to unlearn, learn, and relearn. And so this is a new place of the era of the three Cs, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. And so we have to reinvent ourselves. And people are doing that every day at an accelerated rate. Because when during the shutdown, people start thinking and and looking at their lives that life is fragile. There are millions of people who have been laid off, and then they call them and say, you can come back now, and millions of them said, I don't want to come back. (laughs) I don't don't want to do that anymore. That's not me. And then there are people, couples, divorce rate has increased 40% where people look across the coffee table in the kitchen in the morning and say, hmm, I feel lonely whenever you are around. <laughs> <laughs> or they quote a friend of mine that used to be on radio in, in New York, he, Frankie Crocker. He said, it's better to be alone than to wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> right. so people are rethinking their lives. That This is a time we know that life is fragile. As Frank Sinatra said, I remember when I was in Vegas, as Caesar's palace live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. And so this is a time that people are looking at their lives with a different lens and saying, what is it that I want to do with the time that I have left and deciding to live life on their terms?
1: Absolutely. I just want to mention too, if people want to speak with uh, Les Brown, uh, we do have a call in number and that's uh 888 627 6008 that's 888 627 6008 so if anybody wants to actually uh, speak to you in person they would be it would be great if they if they want to call in just wanted to bring that up mm-hmm. uh, you you teach and you train speakers um and that helps transform other individuals and I know that you've got a bold commitment to helping others, not just with your speaking, but also touch the world globally. But you also want to help create a voice for others. And I wanted to also mention your program that you currently have is, is called Hungry to Speak. I would love to hear more about your program that you're currently created.
0: Well, well, you know, when you think about it, Steve Jobs said the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world storytellers can impact the the collective consciousness of people, change cultures and, and how people see themselves. And so I believe that evil prevails when good men and women do nothing. We're living in a time where honesty and integrity and truth no longer matters, that That lying is the new normalcy. That to me is the most dangerous part. That's more dangerous than the pandemic because Mm -hmm. our children are listening and they're watching us. So what we have to do is develop other voices. What I do is teach people how to use their voice to let people know what you're going through, you will get through. And how to, when you speak, just as this program that your mother created and now you're furthering her legacy, that you distract, dispute, and inspire how people live their lives as a result of the story they believe about themselves. And so what you do when you're speaking or when people listen to your program and they listen to your guests, you distract them from their current self-explanatory style Mm -hmm. and you dismantle their current belief system and inspire them. You give them the courage to pivot and to make more choices with their lives. And so we need voices of harmony, voices of peace, voices of love, because these voices of divisiveness and evil and darkness, they ain't playing. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be playing either. <laughs> okay, so right. So we got to step it up and and let our voices be heard there was a speech given after Dr Martin Luther King Jr spoke at the march on washington a rabbi spoke and i thought his speech was far more powerful than Dr King's he said when something happens he said there are three people involved there's the perpetrator there's the victim and there're the witnesses he said one will ask who's the worst and the answer is the witnesses, because mm-hmm. at any time they could have stepped in and intervened. And Benjamin Franklin said that nothing will change until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are affected. Mm-hmm. And so this is why this program, what you have, is so important, because every day you are helping to wake people up, because he went on to say, God forbid, that we become a country of witnesses and just stand by and watch as those four cops stood by, cops who had taken an oath to serve and protect, watch their friend kill a man while other people watch from around the world. Mm. How, How do you do that? Because when you don't recognize people's humanity, Anything goes. And so, therefore, where we are right now, my goal is to teach others how I learn, how to take your voice, your knowledge, your skills, and be able to to influence and impact people, but also to monetize it as well, because we've gone from brick and mortar to click and order. Your Mm. ability to speak before... This this little green light or blue light on your computer, it allows you to become a global entrepreneur. And so if if people are willing to learn, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you're willing to learn, no one can stop you. But the other thing that's crucial is creating a community of collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships. I have my children behind me. Lord said be fruitful and multiply. I took him seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I teach them that, look, this thing called life, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard work. It's H-E-A-R-T and H-A-R-D. And that you don't want to try and do it solo. Ask for help. Not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. And ask for help and don't stop until you get it. And so develop uh, strong relationships, relationship currency. That, that's what people have to do right now. Learn from people that you're in a community with, iron sharpening iron, that, that you can grow from mentally and emotionally and spiritually and financially that can help you have a breakthrough experience in this thing called life. And go to the next level, and be able to leave a mark with your life.
1: Yeah, that's. I, I also did I didn't want to exclude this your your new recent book, and I know you're uh, potentially having another book, uh, but you've got to be hungry. So I wanted to uh, talk about this book. I I've, I've read obviously cover to cover, but I I absolutely love the stories. You know, what's your dream? Uh, your dream is possible. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? So, and I can um, also, if people are interested, we can, I'll post uh, a a link below as well.
0: In order to make it now, you have got to be hungry. 47 million jobs are lost before the pandemic to artificial intelligence. 47 million jobs. Hmm. And after the pandemic hit, millions of jobs have been lost, and those jobs are not coming back. No. So in order to make it now, you got to be hungry. You, you, you've got to find a way. You've got to be a relentless person, a person that's unstoppable. You, you've got to, to, to realize that you are stronger than anything that, that life throws at you. You have built-in greatness. You have the power, the authority, and dominion to master whatever life throws at you and that all hands on deck. We have to dig deep within ourselves. People that are hungry are relentless. People that are hungry have the mindset, take no prisoners and eat the wounded. Uh, Mm -hmm. People that are hungry believe always strive to get on top in life because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. People that are hungry are relentless. They are driven. They have a purpose, they have a cause that's bigger than them. Uh, Nietzsche said, if if you know the why for living, you can endure almost anyhow. So people that are hungry have something that they want to do that's larger than who they are. A legacy is is what, what people look for in creating a conversation about themselves when they're gone, but a dynasty is something that when you establish that, you won't be forgotten. So people Mm -hmm. that are hungry are dynasty builders. They are looking for ways in which their impact will live on far beyond them. Extraordinary. Yes, and so the book, You Gotta Be Hungry, it, 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 it recognizes we have challenges. Things are gonna happen to you that you can't anticipate. Life is not fair. Uh, systems have been put together to hold you back because of your ethnicity, because of your, your sex orientation, uh, because of the paint job that you have. All of those things, that, that's a part of the process. Systemic racism, all of those things. That's, that's, that's going to always be here. And so when you're hungry, you have this mindset, I'm going to make it happen no matter what I'm going to get through, no matter what, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I am going to make it. Bring your best game. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And actually my mother had a question for you. I I saw her notes and she found the story about Foster really compelling. Uh, The boy that you visited And Mm -hmm. would love to, because she wanted to really uh, ask you about that. Um, Oh, my. Yeah.
0: Of all my years of speaking, no one has ever asked me about Foster. Really? Wow, no. Boy, what a special person your mother was. I used to visit children at, Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, Mm. who had cancer. And Foster was one of those kids that I visited. He was a very positive, upbeat kid. And I'll never forget, one day when I visited him, they apparently told his parents that he was not going to make it, Mm. that maybe he might have a month or so to live. And they didn't know that that he overheard them. They thought he was asleep. And so when I came to visit him after my radio show, Mm -hmm. he said, Mr. Brown, I want you to promise me something. I said, yes. What is it, Foster? He said, I want you to live the life that I won't get to live. Mm -hmm. I said, you're going to be here you're younger than me, man. You're going to be living a life that I won't get to live. He said, no. And I'm fine with that. He was an old man in this little young body. Mm. And man, when he said that, oh, I, I was working to be strong and I broke down. And sure enough, he he, he died shortly thereafter. But Foster, he he made an impact on me because we are living a life that many people didn't get to live. It's been said that life is God's gift to us Mm. and how we live our lives is our gift to God. And that every day when we wake up, we should focus on, what is it we want to get out of the day not just focus on just trying to get through the day we want a a purpose driven life dr miles monroe who was a great orator from the the bahamas and preacher he said rob the cemetery of your talents of your dreams of your abilities of your gifts and and that was what foster was encouraging pardon me, me to do is to rob the cemetery of my talents, abilities. I was just a disc jockey. And from that time, because of his words, I became a community activist because of his words. I became a three-term state legislator because of his words. Mm -hmm. I I started a, a nationally syndicated talk show because of his words. I, spoke to over 80,000 people in the Georgia Dome in, in Atlanta. Um, because of his words, I began to, to live an expanded life that one will look at me and say, wait a minute, this guy, he doesn't even know who his parents are and mm. how can he do these things? But the, we, we do things either out of inspiration or desperation and foster
1: he was my inspiration. Oh, that's extraordinary. Yeah, she she uh she specifically jotted down ask about Foster. It's quite quite incredible. Yes, so it is. Said, well, yes, gotta, it is. I've got to do that. I just yeah, have to do that. She's today. trying to
0: break me down. Yeah, she <laughs> <did>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she uh, is.
1: Yes, she also. Uh, said she wanted to hear more about you know you want to obviously pass on your legacy you want to continue your legacy your legend you know um and and how do you want a, your legacy to continue and and what would you like to share with our guests today as well I, i'm a legend in my own mind <laughs> <laughs> What
0: I'd like to share with people, and I told my kids and I tell my grandkids this, and I said that I would have said that I aspire to inspire until I expire.
1: Mm.
0: I believe, as I mentioned, that life is God's gift to us and how we live our lives is our gift to God. And that every day when we are fortunate to wake up, we have another day to live a life of contribution. I have a friend named Orrin Hudson. I call him Orrin Checkmate Hus- Hudson because he teach kids how to play chess and become strategic thinkers. And if you ask Orrin, how you doing, Orrin?" He mm-hmm. said, the best day of my life. Every day he says that. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. I had a friend call me that we graduated together from high school. And and he said, Hey man, I said, Yes. He said, I see you all over YouTube, and and they've got all kind of motivational speeches out there by you, and and you're still doing it. I said, Yes. I said, What are you doing? He said, Oh man, I've lived my life. I said, excuse me? Mm. Uh, are you taking a dirt nap and you can use the telephone? You got telephone privileges? Excuse me. You got a pulse. You're still breathing. You have lived your life. Mm. Come on, man. You're still here. And it, most people die at age 25 and don't get buried until they're 65. They throw in the towel on themselves. They, they get a job and expect to work for 40 years. The 40-40 plan is gone. Mm. And, and retiring 40%, which was enough in the first place, people cringing, waiting on a $600 check, a relief check that won't provide much le- relief at all. And so I believe that we should work until we leave here. We should do the things that we can, as George Washington Carver would say, do what you can where you are, with what you have. Mm-hmm. never be satisfied that we can always do more. We can always look for ways in which we can have a greater impact and to leave our mark. There are people who sit around in a parlor somewhere and and allow somebody to make marks all over their bodies, tattoos. Tattoo life with your greatness. Mm-hmm. If you want to tattoo something, I'm not sitting around having somebody write all over your body and and, and and look for ways constantly because we can use it. We need it. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And I believe that when we have a mindset to do what we can, where we are with what we have, as I talk to you right now, when I go to sleep at night, and I wake up in the morning, I know that I have a fight on my hands, even while I'm asleep, because I'm a fourth-stage cancer conqueror. Mm-hmm. And so uh, dealing with fourth-stage cancer, my PSA was 2,400, one to four is normal, as you know, mm-hmm. that, that it allows you to value each day and each moment it, this is not the number of, of breaths that we take that really count in life. It's the number of moments that we create to take our breath away. Mm. Looking for ways to maximize our friendships, our relationships, and and maximize our life to leave an impact that will outlive us is to me the order of the day. And this pandemic, causing people to step out of their comfort zone which brian tracy the motivational speaker called the danger zone and Mm -hmm. begin to step into their greatness to live a life that it's a life of contribution to make a greater impact
1: yeah that that's that that really resonates with me uh i not to bring this up, but also I know some of our listeners are, are followers of yours, uh, but they always love to hear about Tyrone. <laughs> so, and <laughs> and my mother actually, it's funny because uh, when when you were on Facebook Live, this was kind of like pre-COVID, uh, almost COVID, when my mother started to get ill. But I used to go over there, and we used to watch you on Facebook, and I used to show. She's like Tyrone. <laughs> so, so I'd love to hear more about your stories of, of Tyrone
0: I developed a friend named Tyrone It's a squirrel that comes on the west side of the house And and I named him Tyrone I, I said and I faced the window And I'm looking for him every day And so Tyrone being a very kind and generous entity uh, took the time to teach me how to speak squirrely. And mm. I teach Tyrone English, for instance. Uh, but to, what I just said, Dan, I enjoy talking to you. My kids <laughs> mm. <laughs> say, if we hear you talking to that damn Tyrone again, we're going to put you behind the old folks' home. <laughs> 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 oh, you know, you you have to, to me, uh, I'm a big kid, and yeah. so I, you know I love Mickey Mouse and Tyrone. And so to me, I like what Helen Keller said. She says, life is short mm. and unpredictable. Eat the dessert first. And that every day I'm looking for ways in which I can make a difference in someone's life where I can bring a smile to your face, where I can help you to feel better about yourself, to to alert you to the reality that what you're going through, you can get through, that it has not come to stay, it has come to pass. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That this thing called life, it's, it most certainly is unpredictable, but we have the power to live it on our terms, to not to surrender, to, as Henry David Thoreau, he said, to get life in a corner and suck all the marrow out of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned Disney, so is uh, Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse, rather, but is Disney also an inspiration for you?
0: Yes, when you take something as repulsive as a mice, Hmm. come on, that if if we saw one in our house, we're going to try and kill it because it doesn't pay rent (laughs) and make it the most brilliant, popular symbol of happiness. They did a study to find out what is the happiest symbol in the world. And one would think the cross. No, Mickey Mouse ears, when people see it, they feel good. Mickey Mouse ears, Mm. they smile. That's genius that he did that and it's still living today. And so I think that we all have the ability to live a happy, healthy, loving life that, that we can touch people and bring a smile to their face with our stories, uh, give people encouragement, with our example of how we got over some stuff, of uh, mm-hmm. learning to forgive, and forgiveness is not forgetting. It's remembering without anger. And, and, and learning to just have a, a habit of always reaching higher, knowing that we can better our best. That, to me, is what life is about that we leave here empty. I told my kids, when they tell you that I've gone, don't let them embalm me for three days and and go down to the morgue and slip a microphone in my hand. If I don't grab it and say, you gotta be hungry, (laughs) you can call your brothers and sisters and say, he's gone
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Wow. So yeah, uh, I know Steve jobs is also another story. He was a brilliant story uh, teller at, at times as well. Um, cause yeah, I know you brought uh, Steve jobs up as, as well in, in your stories, but I love your stories. They're, they're so Thank compelling. Uh, what what an honor. Uh, I guess my last question would be to, um, you know, cause you, we talked about your legacy, but is there something that you want to leave? behind for everyone to to listen to uh, and I probably didn't put up the phone number that long <laughs> for people to call in but uh, I would just I well I, I would like to would
0: say, say to people now more than ever your voice matters hmm. the story that you're sitting on someone is waiting on your voice matters. When It gives people hope, your story, how you got through something, that they're struggling with, that that they're seated where you once were, and that your words, when you speak life, your words can bring somebody back from the edge. Your words. A guy, he jumped off the bridge in San Francisco the Golden Bridge, and they ask him, why did he do it? He said, as soon as I let go, he was one of the few that survived, he said, I knew I made a mistake. And then they asked him, why did you do it? He said, I left home, and I said to myself, if somebody would make eye contact with me mm-hmm. and smile and talk to me or made me feel that my life mattered, I won't take my life. I won't kill myself. And he was lonely and going through a lot of pain. And no one even made contact with him. And He decided, I, won't, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out of here. And that's when he decided to jump off the bridge. But fortunately, they had a net that caught him. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we look at ourselves, we don't know who we're looking at. Because we have not, for the most part, taken time to get to know ourselves. We have algorithms that know more about us than we know about ourselves. Adam, where are you? That was not a location question. That we have to constantly look at, as Michael Jackson would say, the man in the mirror. Hmm. And ask, where are you? you you born with greatness in you you have the power and authority and dominion to handle whatever life throws at you where where are you in relationship to what it is that you've been given and i believe that life is is a gift and how we live it and and until we reverse the lie that has been instilled in us, living in a culture where you are marginalized, where you're demeaned, where you're demonized, where you're dismissed. Mm -hmm. Being involved in an ongoing process of stripping away the things that life has instilled in your mind about yourself, that you will come to a place where you can look at life with new eyes And know that you were born for greatness. Know that you were chosen one out of 400 million sperm. Know that you're a masterpiece because you're a piece of the master. Mm. So anybody listening to us now who they have a story, they want to be trained on how to tell their story. When I got into this industry, there was nobody that looked like me. They were just... Of giving information dumps uh, under the philosophy of the Dale Carnegie course, which is a great course. They teach, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. That's nice. That's cute. But when I train speakers, I teach them, never let what you want to say get in the way of what your audience needs to hear.
1: Hmm.
0: Lead with your story. People do business, people listen to, people follow people that they get to know, like, and trust. Create an experience with your story. When you just do an information dump, information only impacts two areas of the brain. But when you tell a story, it impacts five areas of the brain. It expands your vision of yourself and it touches the heart of the audience, and it, it it releases the courage and the spirit to begin to become, as Mother Teresa would say, a pencil in the hand of God and start writing a new chapter with their lives.
1: Yeah, and people can actually go on to hungrytospeak.com to sign up. Um, uh, and also your book, too. We'll we'll add those in, in the notes as well. Yeah, the- Get
0: the Gold Package, where I train you every week on how to tell your story and how to monetize that story and how to create an experience with that story. That's great.
1: Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Is there one uh, last uh, before we have to, to go? I know it's... Yes.
0: First, it's I want to thank you for your courage to step up and to further your your mother's legacy. But I want to say to those that are watching us, Jim Rohn said this, and and I, I believe this to be true. He said, when the end comes for you, let it find you conquering a new mountain, not sliding down an old one. We are here to do the greater work. If somebody some person, some kid, some movement, some cause that needs your energy, that needs your heart, that needs your focus, effort, and attention. Live full. Die empty. You're a blessing to the world. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: Thank you, Mr. Brown. This is extraordinary. I wish I had uh hours to speak with you <laughs> but thank it's just, you it's such an honor it's such an honor uh to grace us with this and uh so i'll end with this as my mother always used to end her show uh do something nice for yourself and do something nice for others thank you mr yeah. brown i appreciate you i'm giving you a virtual hub. Oh, I appreciate that. From
0: me and Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Thank you
1: so much. Thank this you. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else. The only music that makes